1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point on this Wednesday, November 22nd edition. We're doing Friday spread on Wednesday today. As Bob and I won't be here on Thursday and Friday, Thanksgiving holiday. Hopefully you all have some fun plans ahead with family and friends. Good turkey, good sides if you don't like turkey, etc. So we'll be with you, though, for the next hour dissecting the NFL slate of games. We'll make room for Brian Blewis around 1215 to give us some ideas of what to do for NFL props this weekend. Uh, Brian Blewis coming to us from Pro Football Network. Let's reset the scene, though, with today's poll questions, and we'll get things started here with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Who wins Sunday in Glendale between the Cardinals and the Rams? And boy, there has been a surge for the Arizona Cardinals. They are now out in front at 68% of the vote. Rams trailing at 32%. This is the KDOS1060.com poll question that we'll answer around 1230 today. Tossing it on over to Twitter at KDOSAM1060. It is rivalry weekend in college football. ASU, U of A clashing in Tempe. So who do you have? ASU plus 10.5 or U of A minus 10.5. And the masses remain on the cat side of things at 55.6% of the vote. Uh, the Sun Devil side of things at 44.4%. We still have the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits on the line. When you are today's winner, make sure you come with your weekend play. We're looking to go two in a row. Money at season's end is set to go to charity. As it is for Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, they're taking orders right now for their famous certified Angus Beef Prime Rib, bone-in or boneless, seasoned or unseasoned prime rib for your holiday celebrations. Any special orders, they'll do it. Give them a call at 480-917-2525 or pay them a visit at 2390 North Alma School in Chandler, vonhansensmeets.net. Let's get back into the NFL slate of action here. And uh, the Dolphins are taking on the Jets in the Black Friday game on Amazon Prime. The Dolphins minus 9.5, Jets plus 9.5, over-under sitting at 40 one, uh, Zach Wilson has been benched. Enter Tim Boyle time. Will that make a difference? The Jets have a minus 13.91 offensive EPA per game. Worst of any NFL team in the last 10 years. For some reference here, Boyle is in his fifth season from Kentucky. He's been with the Packers, Lions, Bears, and Jets. The Jets' defense is giving up, though, 137.6 yards per game on the ground. Oh, Boyle went to Connecticut. He did. He was there for a while. I know at one point. Uh, whatever. Um, you know they're bad. I don't think that really matters who the quarterback is because you know, I pointed this out in the middle of the summer when everybody was going crazy about Aaron Rodgers going to save the franchise. Their offensive line's really bad, and I wonder why they didn't do more in the offensive line. They obviously got duped in the draft and thought they were going to be able to draft. Uh, a player that they had targeted, and he was picked before the Jets actually had a choice. 
Uh, their offensive line has gotten worse this year, partly because of injuries. Becton is injured again, as we you know, at least as of you know he didn't finish the game last week, so I have no idea what his status is for this upcoming week. As far as that goes, as far as injuries, on the other side, uh, you know the uh, the Dolphins were down to run, one healthy running back by the end of the game last week because you know Ahmed came back and Achan, excuse me, came back and then Ahmed got hurt during the game. Uh, so they were pretty much just down to Mostert. I assume Jeffrey Wilson, who was mysteriously inactive last week, will be active this week. Two had a bad game last week. Uh, he got bailed out uh, yards-wise because a couple of big plays, yards after the catch from Tyreek Hill. So uh, certainly the offense that was you know, explosive and you know, the greatest show on turf or whatever, that, that hasn't been all that good here lately. And that was against the Raiders, who were not bad on defense, but they shouldn't have been that good on defense last week. Uh, the Steelers and the Bengals. The Steelers minus one and a half, Bengals plus one and a half, over under sitting at 34 and a half. Numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Uh, the Steelers fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada on Tuesday. The Steelers have been outgained by every opponent this season. Kenny Pickett, just 1,722 yards through the air. Of quarterbacks playing the majority of the season, only Bryce Young has fewer yards. Najee Harris is averaging 49.9 yards per game. Meanwhile, Jalen Warren is averaging 49.3 yards per game. Flipping this to the Bengals side of things, the big thing, no Joe Burrow. He's done for the season, so enter Jake Browning. The Bengals, though, uh, they are susceptible on defense in the run game, giving up 138.3 yards per game on the ground. And they don't even try to run the ball. And this is with Burrow. They're 31st in the league in rushing attempts uh, they're 31st in the league in yards rushing per game. Those are with Burrow. So I can't imagine that they're going to, you know, I don't know how they're going to try to run it, but you know, they haven't run it all so far this year. Their offensive line, which was expected to be better, certainly not good run blocking. And if you're a Joe Mixon fantasy owner, I'm raising my hand right now. Uh, it hasn't worked out too great for him. So I can't imagine it's going to be any better with Jake Browning at quarterback. Here's my favorite stat of the week. Tommy DeVito has more multi-touchdown games in his career than Kenny Pickett. Eeks. All right. We'll just let that one linger. The Jaguars and the Texans. The Jaguars minus one and a half. Texans plus one and a half. Over under sitting at 48 and a half. The Texans won the first matchup. AFC South implications certainly at stake here. Trevor Lawrence, though, he is minus 0.06 EPA per dropback. The rushing attack for the Jaguars is 27th in the league in yards per rush at 3.7. Meanwhile, the Texans' defense is giving up 96.5 yards on the ground per game. C.J. Stroud, he is coming off of that three-interception game against the Cardinals. You'd have to expect him to bounce back. And then you have uh, Devin Singletary now for the Texans with back-to-back 100-yard rushing games. Yeah, I'm expecting a high-scoring game here. Yeah, Lawrence, they changed the offense uh, before last week's game considerably. Yeah, a lot more rollout and scramble, a lot more uh, designed runs for Lawrence, uh, under center much more, and he had two touchdowns rushing and two touchdowns passing in that game. Now, this was against the Tennessee defense, which actually is a good front, but their secondary is terrible. So I'm not really sure whether to think that uh, this is the Trevor Lawrence turnaround uh, that people have been anticipating, I guess, for a lot of his career, quite frankly, if not all of his career. 
I think it's safe to say that he's been somewhat disappointing. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, I've definitely not been a big fan of his NFL career so far. But he did show some signs last week, and I just think that this is going to be a shootout. And uh, also, it's a big game, first place in the division. And remember, Houston already won at Jacksonville this year. Uh, so if they win this, they have the tiebreaker. I have no idea what to do with this one. The Saints and the Falcons. Saints plus one and a half. Falcons minus one and a half. Over under sitting at 42 and a half. The Saints are back from their bye, but at least at early look this week, Derek Carr remained in concussion protocol. You also have injuries to wide receiver Michael Thomas and cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, IR is potential for uh, at least Lattimore. Saints average just 21. Well, Tom, po- Thomas has already been placed on IR and he might be out for the season. Saints average just 21.4 points per game, which is 18th in the NFL. And you flip this to the Falcons side of things, it's going to be back to Desmond Ritter, and he's going to be the starting quarterback for the remainder of the season, according to head coach Arthur Smith. Ritter, 65.4% completion percentage, six touchdowns, six interceptions, seven fumbles, 25 sacks. Well, and Arthur Smith, still the head coach. Uh, you know, there was speculation after they uh, lost to the Cardinals here that he was going to be fired during the bye week, which I think you make a pretty easy case. He should have been fired maybe after last year, let alone during the bye week. And uh, he, they, he's the play caller. Uh, that was the, way, the, the worst play calling game I've seen this year in the NFL was his, his play calling against the Cardinals here. The Browns and the Broncos. Browns plus one and a half. Broncos minus one and a half. Over under sitting at 35 and a half. Has Russell Wilson and Sean Payton hit their stride? They do have a tough task ahead with this Browns defense coming to town. Uh, during the four win streak, though, Russell is completing 74.1% of his passes. The Broncos defense during this four win streak is now 15th in yards per, uh, per game allowed and has 12 takeaways during this streak. Meanwhile, DTR averaged 3.8 yards per attempt on Sunday. He did play better, though, than his first start. Uh, And then for the Browns' defense, they give up 18 points per game, 143.7 passing yards per game, and 99.6 yards per game. And just have to highlight this defense in terms of Miles Garrett, 13 sacks. And as the team, they have 33. Yeah, I think the reason that Russell Wilson's been so good percentage-wise is because he has the lowest air yards in the history of his career. Basically, Sean Payton has reined him in and uh, gone to a much shorter passing game. They're thrown to their backs. They even threw to their tight ends some last week. Some of the some throws to their tight ends who are not known for catching passes and more known for blocking. Uh, but you know, Cortland Sutton uh, is feeling, at least for me, finally playing up to his expectations and his tremendous athletic ability. And it uh, should be interesting to watch how Sutton does this week against Denzel Ward, who is one of the best cover cornerbacks in the NFL, legitimate cover corner. And uh, that'll be if you're watching this game, I'm sure that that'll be highlighted uh, in the broadcast, those two guys going against each other. The Chiefs minus nine and a half. The Raiders plus nine and a half over under sitting at 43 numbers from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. The Chiefs, though, they have been held scoreless in the second half for three straight games. By one measurement, the Chiefs lead the league in dropped passes with 26. The Bengals and the Lions are second with 23. The Chiefs defense, though, is holding opponents to 35.71% uh, on third down conversion rate and just 160. 
70.8 yards per game through the air. So when you look at new rookie quarterback for the Raiders, Aiden O'Connell, 62.1% completion percentage, three touchdowns, six picks, and 12 sacks. So how's that Antonio Pierce culture going now after they uh, didn't play a New York team last week? Uh, you know, even though they did hang in there against Miami, but to me that was more two of being bad in that game than anything really that the Raiders did. As far as this game goes, uh, you know, Monday night obviously, uh, you know, a lot of drop passes, five more of them, including two, two by Travis Kelsey, who also lost a fumble in the red zone. Patrick Mahomes threw an interception in the end zone in that same game. And once again, many offensive penalties for the uh, Chiefs, and it's not all the tackles. You know, the uh, interior three that are supposed to be so good, they got penalized three more times on, on Monday night. When it comes to the Bills and the Eagles, Bills plus three, Eagles minus three, over-under sitting at 48 and a half. I know we talk a little bit more about spots in college football, but does this seem like a bad spot for the Eagles? Uh, Maybe a little bit of an emotional letdown after such a grueling Monday night contest against the Chiefs. Now they're on a short week here facing the Buffalo Bills. Despite being nine and one, and all the metrics seem to kind of indicate that this offense is actually performing better than it did last year, it just doesn't look the same. Hurts uh, 15 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 27 sacks on the season. He does have 100 carries, 345 yards, and 9 touchdowns. For the Bills, uh, did they find something with Joe Brady in their uh, first game with him as offensive coordinator? They fed James Cook, 17 carries, 73 yards, 3 catches, 29 yards, and 1 touchdown. I don't really know if one game is a good enough sample size. Well, the one thing for sure, they had a lot more motion and uh, were much more heavy on running the ball. Uh, once again, though, you know, Gabe Davis is missing in action. It doesn't matter who the coordinator is. He had zero targets last week, let alone catches. He's had uh, two consecutive games now with zero catches. Uh, so Gabe Davis, who's a tremendous blocker, as a, maybe the best blocking wide receiver in the NFL, he's just not getting any any touches no matter who the quarterback is. Or excuse me, no matter who the uh, coordinator is, I should say. As far as uh, the Eagles go, uh, yeah, the metrics—I yeah, didn't know those numbers. That, that those are a joke. I mean, there's no way that this offense is more efficient than it was a year ago. I don't give a damn what metric you want to use. It's just that would be just wrong. Uh, maybe metrically, you can spin those things any way you want, I guess. But if you watch them play. There's not a human being on earth that knows anything about football that thinks that the Eagles defense, excuse me, the Eagles offense this year, or the defense for that matter, are playing at a better level than they did a year ago. Neither of them are. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you have the emergence of A.J. Brown and that particular connection that we saw uh, for that six-game stretch there. But it just really seems like maybe uh, the offense in, in terms of setting setting plays up to help down the road seems to kind of just be very disjointed. They don't run the ball as well. That's the bottom line. I mean, you know, they're, you know, Swift's had some plays here and there, but uh, consistently, I assume the stats back this up, but uh, there's no way that they're running the ball as well as they did a year ago. Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits Wednesday edition rolls on on the other side of the break. We will make room for Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network, to chat NFL props, plenty of Thanksgiving Day action, Black Friday action, and of course, a look ahead to the Sunday slate with Brian. That's coming up on the other side of the break. It is the extra point. 
We'll do what's best for the team, and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show, coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Moving up the prop bet discussion to this Wednesday as we won't be here on Thursday and Friday, but plenty to still discuss. And thanks to Brian Blewis of Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com for making the adjustment with us. Brian, happy early Thanksgiving to you. Uh, Before we get into some props, are you a turkey fan or not a turkey fan? Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. And I'm not really a turkey fan, to be honest. Thank God for football or else I wouldn't really enjoy Thanksgiving too much as a holiday. All right, fair enough. Well, let's try to have some fun with the games here. Uh, When it comes to the Thanksgiving Day games, we'll start with the Packers and the Lions. It also happens to be a divisional battle. Jordan Love, he is coming off of a 322-yard day against a Chargers defense. The Lions defense, though, uh, maybe they are giving up some yards here of late. So is it worth trying to think that Jordan Love can put two uh, performances back-to-back with 228.5 passing yards. Meanwhile, the Packers' defense is giving up 134.7 yards per game on the ground. Since his return, David Montgomery has been really good. So uh, does it look like an over for Montgomery at 68.5 yards on the ground? Yeah, you mentioned Jordan Love, and I like his uh, over for this one. Last I saw, it was 220.5 at FanDuel, and his play has been a whole lot better these past few weeks versus the start of the season. And sometimes you will kind of take that with a grain of salt because of the matchup, small sample size. But from my perspective, I look at it as a quarter, a young quarterback in his first full season starter getting better and an offense round getting better as well because the youngest unit in the NFL. And the Lions defense has definitely been prone to giving up big plays through the air recently. And game scare should be in favor of a Jordan Love player props in this one as well. So I'm definitely on the over here and. He went over this total pretty easily the last time these two teams played because of a lot of garbage time, which could also be the case here. But if not, the competitive game, I think, is more likely that's a shootout versus uh, a defensive battle. And then for David Montgomery, I kind of like the overs for both the running backs. This one, I mean, David Montgomery's have a full workload. And one of my colleagues at Pro Football Network likes uh, Jameer Gibbs' long, longest rush to be over 13 and a half yards. You mentioned how bad the Packers are stopping the run. And He's been really a fashion runner this season, uh, averaging 5.2 yards per carry. Okay, Brian, no turkey for you means more turkey for me. So I'm all for that. We're good. For, we're good with that. All right, on to the second game on uh, on Turkey Day. Uh, C.D. Lamb, uh, the last few weeks has been, you know, his numbers are astronomical and those numbers are high. This week, Brandon Cooks, though, has been targeted frequently in the last two or three weeks. Uh, is there maybe a pivot towards him in any way? I don't want to overthink it and end up and end up taking a different Cowboys player and then CeeDee Lamb has a big game against the Commanders defense that we've seen get shredded all year long by wide receiver ones. But there could definitely be a world where both of these hit with the way that Dak Prescott's been playing, especially against bad defenses. I mean, look at him the last two weeks against the Giants and the Panthers. And this Commanders defense might be the worst of them all, especially now that Montez Sweat and Chase Young. It seems like the Cowboys are going to have to they like, to, they like to ramp up the score. They like to boost Dak stats in these spots to um, improve his MVP candidacy, especially on national television. And 
Dak's been playing the best football of his career right now and feasting on these bad teams. So I can't really tell you any over for any Cowboys player receiving yards is a bad play. One more on, uh, you know, Dak Prescott here. He does seem to like to find his tight ends in the red zone if he's not looking for C.D. Lamb. Uh, is it worth maybe thinking about Jake Ferguson here for an anytime touchdown score? My only hesitation is that the odds aren't that great. I'm looking right now at DraftKings. They're only plus 115. It seems like they're getting a little overvalued right now because of what you mentioned. And he could still very likely at the end zone, but I'll let the odds enough at that price. Yeah, no, definitely. FanDuel is much better at plus 180. I mean, let me let me tone oh, that wow. down. Not much better, but better at plus 180 for no, Ferguson there. No, that's much there. better. Uh, don't sell yourself short. That's much better at plus 180. Yes. Those have an odds, I'll take a flyer for sure. Uh, and then one more on this Commanders game here. Sam Howell, he's been uh, sacked 51 times. He is leading the league, though, in yards per game. And if you think about game script here, and if you think that the Cowboys uh, are able to put up some points here, that maybe Sam Howell will be having to throw the ball. Uh, 251 and a half yards, is that doable? Or should we maybe pivot off of that and look at like attempts or something like that for Sam Howell? Yeah, I think you mentioned it. Um, while it, that, that, that almost seems too good to be true, just 251.5 with game trip, as you mentioned, and Halloween League and passing yards this year, but he's been really bad against pressure somehow, except against the Eagles. But the Cowboys team might be the best pass rushing defense in the NFL. So I'm a little worried about Sam Howell in this spot if he doesn't have time to throw. I was actually eyeing his interceptions prop, but the, for him to throw a pick is minus 160, which is not favorable odds enough for me to say the least. I don't remember seeing interceptions prop be that high. The only concern with taking the attempts would be a lot of sacks would take away the attempts. But if you, but there's going to be enough garbage time this one, the Cowboys take the foot off the gas in the second half, then that could be the best path towards that hitting. Or this could be a closer game than we expected, considering Dak Prescott's only covered up Thanksgiving once in his career. Ooh. Okay, Thursday night, George Kittle, he has a history destroying the Seahawks. Does history mean anything to your approach in prop betting? So that's a good question, and I think with divisional matchups it does because it's a familiar opponent, especially when it's in the same coach and the same scheme for a number of years now on both sides of the ball. My only concern with George Kittle here, though, is, is that he's so Jekyll and Hyde with his usage when the 49ers have all their pass catchers, I mean, if you look at his splits when Ayuk and Debo are in the lineup versus when just one of them is out, his production isn't the same just because there's so many mouths to feed in that 49ers offense. Brian Blue is Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Uh, having a conversation about NFL prop bets. One more on this 49ers and Seahawks contest. Uh, not looking good for Kenneth Walker to play. Uh, Pete Carroll had said that it's uh, optimistic, if you will, for Geno Smith to play at quarterback. So it's going to be Zach Charbonnet, though, on the ground. What do we do with Zach Charbonnet and his rushing numbers? Yeah, I haven't had a I don't really have any plays with Charbonnet, but I know one of my colleagues at Pro Football Network likes the under for his rushing and receiving yards. It's really just about that. Uh, he just thinks the numbers are a little too high for him. He's made too big of a boost because he's going to be the RB1 in this matchup. And going into 49ers defense is one of the best in the NFL. And not to say that he that Charbonnet isn't a good player in his own right, but he's a rookie, just 36 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. The Lions might be a little inflated because of the opportunity. Okay, on Friday we got on Black Friday we got the Dolphins at the Jets. I really don't know what to ask specifically, so you got any ideas? 
Yeah, um, I guess the one here would be just if you buy the squeaky squeaky wheel gets the grease narrative when it comes to Garrett Wilson. He was basically <laughs> invisible all week last week. And of all the Jets players that be pissed off about how badly uh, the offense has been playing, especially with Zach Wilson, nobody should be more upset than Garrett Wilson, who might be is probably a top 10 most talented receiver in the NFL, but just in easily the worst situation offensively, especially when he was expecting Aaron Rodgers to throw him the ball this year. So I don't want to take it over on his receiving yards necessarily because I don't really know if I trust Tim Boyle. Heck, he might even be better than Zach Wilson. But they're going to try to find ways to get Garrett Wilson the ball, and his receptions prop line is at four and a half. And if you want to keep your best offensive player happy, you want to get him the ball and get him at least uh, five touches. One more from this Black Friday contest here. It seems like people have had my idea because this morning Raheem Mostert was at 57 and a half yards. Now he's sitting at 60 and a half yards. But we know uh, that the susceptibility for the Jets on defense has been through the ground game. So trying to get this offense going. I know you have uh, Tyreek Hill and what he's capable of doing, but they're not afraid to run the football. Is looking at Raheem Mostert still a good viable option? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just look at his stats in these games when they're heavy favorites, and you look at the Jets, too. They are bottom 10 of the league in yards allowed from scrimmage to running backs, both rushing and through the air, receiving. And Mostert is in a good spot where his usage should be high, and he's a big play guy, too. He could break off a long run or a long catch at any given point, and the Dolphins being around 10-point favorites in this one game script should be in his favor, too. So you're definitely on the right path here for sure. I definitely agree with you on uh, Mostert overs. Okay, looking a little bit ahead to Sunday here, the odds makers have the Jags and the Texans, the highest point total, uh, as opposed to the last game, the Miami game, where I was kind of baffled as to what direction to go. It's kind of pick or choose on this one. Uh, you know, as far as you know, both sides go, I would expect some points here. Uh, any ideas of how we could approach this game? Yeah, this game is definitely going to be one of the better games of the weekend. It's really going to be a true test of who's the best team in the AFC South and are the Jaguars a good team or they beat up on bad teams and are the Houston Texans for real? I really like the CJ Stroud's overpassing yards last week and that hit pretty easily. And I don't really know how he's going to match up against the Jags defense again, but he seems like a matchup-proof quarterback and it seems like a back-and-forth battle and they're going to have to win this game through the air. Brian Blue is Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Uh, Sunday, it is going to be the Cardinals hosting the Rams. I haven't seen too many numbers here, so more just kind of game theory thought process, if you will, between these two teams. There are some injury concerns for the Rams. Unclear if Cooper Cup will be ready to go. It does look like Kyron Williams is going to play in this game as he's being activated off of IR. There's still Puka Nakua. There's still Tutu Atwell for the Rams. So not sure if you think more of what Kyron Williams was able to do against the Cardinals in game one when they played and flip this here to the Rams side of things on the defensive side, 117.3 yards per game. They're giving up on the ground. So is that possible to think that they could feed James Conner? Yeah. You, um, before, once you start, once you started getting into this game, my first thought process was Kyron Williams had a really big game on the ground against the Cardinals last time. And I remember that game. One of my favorite player props I gave that was Matthew Stafford's over for passing yards and just didn't quite get there. But um, I, I think you got to run it back there as well. Stafford's volume isn't totally there when he's have Cup in the lineup, so I wouldn't be looking to be playing his props. I think Sean McVay learned his lesson this last game that the way to beat this Cardinals team 
from the Rams this season is to lean on their running game, even though he does get a little pass-happy sometimes, doesn't need to be. And then on the flip side, you guys know from, from being out in Arizona, watch this Cardinals team, how there's a much better offense, not just with Kyler Murray on the field, but with James Conner as well. And this sense would be a really close game. It's a really short spread. I believe it's a close to a pick so game skip shouldn't be working against you here one way or the other. So I like, like, like you said, all, it all works in Chiefs Connor's favor in this one. Okay. We're going to have more than 50 starting quarterbacks, at least in one game after this weekend ends Jake Browning. You mentioned Boyle with the jets and the Patriots, maybe with Bailey Zappi. Is there an approach that you have with teams that are changing quarterbacks? Do we look for, you know, some prop bet unders and so forth, or does that matter to you? So I think that the way to approach player props on for guys that are playing with a young, inexperienced quarterback is who are the security blankets? Like, I don't want to just take everybody's unders because they're going to be priced. They're going to be priced lower than usual because of that. It's going to be factored into the odds. They're not going to get the best value there. But there could be some value on the other side, the over for receptions, rush attempts, and so forth, because they want to make life as easy for these quarterbacks as possible. And the example I gave with uh, Tim Boyle and Garrett Wilson really falls under that umbrella, considering I don't want to be over for, pass, for receiving yards. I don't really know how effective Garrett Wilson will be. They could easily have like five catches for less than 10 yards of reception. The Steelers' offense, it should be unleashed now, right, with Matt Canada being let go? <laughs> uh, but it can't get worse, I'll tell you that. In general, though, does something like this give any uh, give the offense any sort of boost? Uh, you have had the Bengals being susceptible to giving up yards on the ground, so maybe Jalen Warren can rip off a couple of big ones here. And then flipping this to the Bengals side of things with Jake Browning at quarterback, should we look at a heavier workload than for Joe Mixon to try to help get Browning comfortable? Yeah, let's start with the Steelers. I was really worried for a second you're going to ask about Kenny Pickett. He's <laughs> definitely not one of those guys I want to be betting on. For In 10 games this year, he has just six passing touchdowns and uh, averaging 172 yards per game. You would say, oh, he's just a young second-year quarterback. He's the same age as Jalen Hurts and Tua already, which is pretty crazy. And uh, definitely an under-the-radar um, concern with Kenny Pickett is that he's really not that young considering his experience, but not to get too distracted. I mean, Jalen Warren is by far the best running back on that Steelers team, in my opinion. He's definitely way more explosive than uh, Najee Harris. And the Steelers want to capitalize any momentum they found on offense last week give it the guy the ball more, and maybe that'll be a thing with uh, Matt Canada gone, just being a little too reliant on Najee Harris, who's a first-round pick of theirs, and just finding ways to get the ball in the guy's hands. I mean, he's averaging over six yards a carry, which is one, 2.3 yards higher than Najee Harris is on average. So I wouldn't mind going with that approach. And with Joe Mixon, he has, like, I don't even know what the stats are, but if you're, comparing, if you're looking at the bell cow running backs this year, he has to be at the top of the list with his usage. I mean, I'm just pointing the stats right now. He's 153 carries for the season. The next closest running back is 12. Whoa. On the on the Bengals, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, he gets all the he gets all the touches around the goal in the red zone near the goal line too. I don't know if I want to take a take a touchdown because this is a very low total in a game that's not going to be much offense. But more than mind taking a look at his rush attempts over as that Taylor's a pretty conservative coach. And that's what Joe Burrows is quarterback. I don't want to imagine how conservative he's going to be with Jake Browning under center. 
Brian Blue is Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com. Uh, the Ravens and the Chargers. The Chargers' pass defense has been very bad, giving up plenty of yards. Lamar Jackson has lost his favorite target in Mark Anders, so who steps up? He is at 244.5 yards. It does seem like there could be some run-after-catch opportunities for some of these Ravens wideouts. Yeah, you mentioned the, the yards-after-catch opportunities. Why not Odell Beckham Jr.? I mean, I don't know what his number's going to be like. I don't know if it's going to be overinflated now, but we've kind of seen him uh, turn back the clock a little bit with his yak in recent games and uh, have it make it some big plays in the passing game. I'm not sure who that new security buying is going to be instead of Mark Andrews. I think a safe assumption actually is going to be Zay Flowers, but Odell had a 51-yard catch last week, 40 yards a week before. He might be, turning, he might be getting um, some athleticism back here. He could probably make a big play, and if he could do that against uh, the Browns defense, Bengals defense, he's more than capable against the Chargers defense. Before uh, we... In the stadium, he's very familiar with, too. That's true. Uh, before we let you go here, Brian, uh, and get yourself ready for Thanksgiving, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you like? Anytime touchdown, rushing, receiving, passing yards from some of the Thanksgiving games or something that we should be keeping an eye on for the Sunday slate? Um, nothing else really coming to mind here. I guess my one thing I would give out is, is that we watched a Monday Night Football game last weekend. First off, we looked a little healthier than he did before the bye. And on PFNBay.com for that game, I basically gave out that anytime you see his touchdown odds at plus 100 or better, just take it. Don't think twice. There's always a brotherly shove or a tush push or whatever you want to call it in play, right? Oh, Absolutely. Brian, as always, we greatly appreciate your time. Happy Thanksgiving, and we look forward to catching up with you next week in our uh, normal time slot and normal day. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you guys as well. Once again, he is Brian Blewis. Follow all of his work over at pfnbetting.com. He comes to us from Pro Football Network. It's time now for the $100 gift certificate from Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. You could be today's winner if you are caller number 3602-260-1060. As a reminder, when you're today's winner, uh, come with your weekend play. We're, what we're doing is we're putting $5 on it, and we're looking for money for charity at season's end. We are 8-4 and four on the season. We are a winner from last week, so we're looking to put two wins together. 602-260-1060, caller number three. You are today's winner. As a reminder, Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, they're located 2390 North Alma School in Chandler, vonhansensmeats.net. Right now, they're taking orders for their famous certified Angus Beef Prime Rib, bone-in or boneless, seasoned or unseasoned prime rib for your holiday celebrations. They'll take special orders, too, so give them a call, 480-917-2525. But for us, caller number 3, 602-260-1060. You are today's winner of the $100 gift certificate. Poll questions are coming up on the other side of the break. Carving out time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show, right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Extra point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at KDOS1060.com. Congratulations to our winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Von Hansen's 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. VonHansen'sMeats.net. The weekend play, it's going to be Jaguars minus one and a half. 
They are taking on the Texans in Houston this Sunday. Let's turn our attention here to the poll questions as Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro are here with you in the extra point for a few more minutes on this Wednesday Thanksgiving edition of uh, the extra point in the KDOS1060.com poll question is who wins on Sunday in Glendale between the Cardinals and the Rams? I have the Rams winning 23 to 17. Uh, this is one of uh, maybe only two games remaining in this season. I think the Cardinals have a chance to win. However, I think the Cardinals uh, are going to get dominated at the line of scrimmage in this game. Uh, Sean McVay, contrary to uh, popular belief, he wants to run the ball. And certainly they did that, as we mentioned earlier, after halftime of that uh, game that they played earlier this year in California. Kyron Williams expected to be back from the IR. Um, you know, in that 20, 26-9, 26-9 the first time they played. Uh, the, he had 148 yards rushing in that game. He had 146 of the 148 after halftime and a touchdown. And uh, since that game... Uh, the Rams have also added uh, you know, Royce Freeman and also uh, Daryl Henderson to the roster because Williams was out. He actually got hurt in that Cardinals game on that touchdown run. Uh, the Cardinals are horrible against the run. That's up to 132 yards rushing per game. That number gets higher and higher almost every week because it's been a while since they actually stopped the run. Now White, who I think is by far their best defensive player this season, He's out for the season, and he's been their run-stuffing linebacker, or he's really been their everything linebacker. On the other side of the ball, the Cardinals' pass protection, that's gotten worse, as we've mentioned many times as the season has continued. Aaron Donald, I think it should have a field day here, uh, especially against uh, the Cardinals' pass protection, which really isn't very good at any position, quite frankly. And that's also, as I mentioned, gotten worse during the season. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. And also they have Ernest Jones back now, the Rams do. He's an excellent tackler, and he's missed some time this year. They're uh, one of their inside linebackers. He's back from injury. So I just think that they physically dominate the Cardinals enough to win the game by six points. Uh, yeah, so you mentioned Kyrie Williams is set to return from IR, and that'll be a big boost in the run game. The Cardinals have given up some rushing yards on the season. Uh, no Cooper Cup. If he doesn't go with an ankle injury, you still have Puka Nakua. You still have Tutu Atwell for uh, Matthew Stafford to get the ball to. We know Cooper Cup has had a lot of success. Well, he's had a lot of success against a lot of teams in the league, but he certainly has had a lot of success against the Cardinals, too, if he's able to suit up. Uh, you know, certainly, though, the Rams have uh, some holes on defense that the Cardinals could be able to exploit. Obviously, though, you have to start with blocking Aaron Donald. That's an absolute must. So the offensive line has to be better. I do think that James Conner can have some success against this Rams run defense. And maybe that's kind of uh, it's going to be kind of a controlled uh, battle game, if you will, of the the running game. Um, I actually think here that uh, the Cardinals win this game. I'm looking for for and I'm hoping that there is some growth here that there was frustration and furiation about how that game against the Texans went the opportunities were there the opportunities presented themselves so how do you take those opportunities that you didn't turn into a win and can you uh, when the opportunities arise the next time be better in those situations have learned from those particular situations and build on this and get a win so I'm going to say the Cardinals win on Sunday 
The masses are on the Cardinals side of things at 66% of the vote. Rams sitting at 34%. This has kind of been all over the place as things started out in the 9 o'clock hour with the Rams, moved into a tie, and now the Cardinals have cemented themselves here with 66% of the vote. On Twitter, at KDUS AM 1060, who do you have Saturday in Tempe? It is rivalry weekend in college football, so ASU and U of A. You know, you're going to know ahead of time, about uh, whether or not U of A has the chance to play for a Pac-12 title uh, because you have the Oregon and the Oregon State contest, and that's a game that is dependent upon the outcome. That's a Friday night game ahead of here on Saturday. So U of A could potentially have Pac-12 title hopes on the line for them if they get a win here. I think in general, though, that narrative aside, U of A's defense should be able to slow down anything that ASU's offense is trying to do. I think Kenny Dillingham is going to have to have um, some trick plays up his sleeve in order to get this offense moving. We talked about the numbers earlier on in the week, though, just about how uh, the number of touchdowns that have been thrown this season by the plethora of ASU quarterbacks didn't even total or tied the total number of touchdowns scored by Oregon through the air last week. It hasn't been good for ASU's offense. Plus, then you have the efficiency with Noah Fatita at quarterback for U of A. I say U of A uh, minus 10 and a half. Yeah, I do too. Not by a lot, though. I have the U of A winning this game 27 to 13. Like uh, Noah Fafita at quarterback, he's been uh, you know really efficient, I think is the best word. I think I stole that from Yogi Roth uh, a couple, three weeks ago, and I think that that's a, an accurate assessment of him. They've been a much more, uh, a fit. he's just a better fit. Is uh, a quarterback, no matter what the offense is, than Jaden Delora was. Uh, you know, also, I don't think the ASU, they, they certainly had no desire, in my opinion, to really tackle last week. I assume that group will be a little more, uh, have more, a little more incentive because it's a rivalry week game, etc. Juve definitely can run the ball. When they're at their best, it's run the ball and play action pass. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, on Saturday uh, and uh, when uh, they play in Tempe. On the other side of the ball, I have a really tough time imagining that ASU is going to score more than like a touchdown uh, in, uh, against the U of A defense, which is the reason that the U of A is as good as they are this year. And their special teams have been pretty good too, by the way, the U of A. Uh, they've also been you know, just kind of uh, ravaged, uh, the ASU has, with the, line, you know, the offensive line injuries. Uh, they mentioned on Saturday they've had nine different starting line combinations. They've only played 11 games at this point, so that's a, a high number for anybody on any level of football. Uh, Trenton Borgay I mentioned last week and then repeated it earlier this week. He's thrown a grand total of one touchdown this year. He's not a good quarterback, and if they're chasing points, I think that that's uh, – you know, uh, you know, certainly be a difficult thing for ASU. They have receivers, but they just don't have a quarterback that can actually capably get them the ball on a consistent basis. Also, I think that ASU will try to shorten the game by running the ball early, but if they have to chase points, game over. The masses are in agreement with the U of A to the tune of 55.6% of the vote. ASU trailing at 44.4%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060, and that game is a 1:30 game on ESPN for that rivalry contest on Saturday. We wrap things up in this edition of Extra Point on this Wednesday, November 22nd. On the other side of the break, Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you.
and a reward for you with the KQS 1060 app. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KDUS 1060 app. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today. We're not here on Thursday and Friday making room for the Thanksgiving holiday. As we wrap it up, though, it is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, Plural College uh, Football Thanksgiving Week Preview. Bill Bender from the Sporting News joined us in the Sports Zone. Also, our weekly NFL prop bet segment with Brian Blewis from Pro Football Network. Monday at 10.15, we'll pre-review, uh, I should say, review the college football weekend and uh, preview the uh, really the first meaningful college football playoff rankings, which are coming out on next Tuesday. That'll be the next to last week of the college football playoff rankings for this year. Thank God. Also, uh, and it'll be totally different next year with 12 teams, and I can't wait for that, uh, sarcastically said. Uh, Sound Day courtesy of CBS, Fox, Pac-12 Networks, Big Ten Network, ABC and CW Sports. Also, a special thanks to Kayla and Corey and Aaron, as always. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Up next from 1 to 3 o'clock, it is the Doug Gottlieb Show, followed by the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5 and the Sports Two with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6 tonight. So that's happening here on KDOS AM 1060. Uh, We have plenty of play-by-play action for you with ASU women's basketball playing in a tournament Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday we have Steelers at Bengals. That is a 10.30 a.m. pregame and 11 o'clock kick right here on KDOS AM 1060. Since it is thank you time here, uh, you know, we always thank you for listening and being a part of our day. Uh, You know, it it's a lot of fun to be able to interact, calls, emails, etc. And uh, certainly I know we enjoy uh, the interaction and thank you very much for listening. As it is for the Phoenix Suns, they are hosting the Warriors tonight. That's an 8 o'clock tip on ESPN. And then Saturday, you have the big game, Ohio State and Michigan, 10 a.m. on Fox. ASU football is hosting U of A, 1.30 p.m. on ESPN. And the Sunday slate of action is the Rams at the Cardinals, 2.05 p.m. on Fox. Our Friday spread Wednesday edition winner from Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. We're on Jags minus one and a half this weekend. As for Von Hansen's, they're taking orders for their famous certified Angus beef prime rib, bone-in or boneless seasoned or unseasoned prime rib for your holiday celebrations. Give them a call, 480-917-2525, vonhansensmeats.net. And Bob, you had news on the Diamondbacks before we head out. They made a trade for a third baseman. Yeah, they got uh, Gino Suarez, who used to be with the Reds and who had been with the Mariners for several years. He's a big swing and miss guy at the plate, uh, but he does hit home runs. He's a pretty competent third baseman, even though I got to admit, I'm not sure he was much better defensively when he was with the Reds uh, two, three, four years ago. Not sure exactly his level of third base at this point, but uh, they traded a couple of uh, you know players that aren't going to be part of the Diamondbacks roster next year for him. 
So I guess that takes care of the third base situation. So it's now go out and get some starting pitching. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Back with the Sports Zone on Monday morning to kick things off at 10 a.m., followed by the extra point from 11 to 1. Talk with you on Monday.